So I want to preach a message in honor of James Bond called Shaken, Not Stirred. Come on, Shaken, Not Stirred. I really like this title, um, but I can't say that I was a James Bond fan. I was more of a Bruce Leroy fan. Somebody out there is laughing right now if you know about The Last Dragon and Show Nuff. That's okay. We're multicultural. You like James Bond. I like Show Nuff and Bruce Leroy. It's okay. But but there wasn't any. I couldn't call the message the glow, so I had to call it shaken and not stirred. And I really believe this is going to be one of those messages. And I know what you're thinking. You probably always say that you're the one preaching. But no, this is one that you're going to have to watch over and over again. Share with your friends. I believe it's going to be a blueprint. Uh, there's some steps in this message that I believe God's trying to prepare us for what's next. We're going to be reading from the book of Haggai, the end of Haggai chapter 1 and the beginning of Haggai chapter 2. And the reason is not just have I found amazing revelation in the Old Testament that's speaking to me about the times that we are in, but this verse in Haggai, uh, the, sim the situation they're in is similar. They were stuck in exile in Babylon for 70 years. Now, we've only been stuck for a month but you get where I'm going with this. And they were coming out of exile in Babylon. Babylon was a foreign country to them and they were coming into Jerusalem, coming into their own community again. And they were trying to figure out what the new normal would be. Just like you and I are probably thinking, what is gonna be the new normal? Or some of us are saying, I can't wait for it to go back to normal. And I'm not trying to discourage you, but I don't think it's ever supposed to go back to normal. I think one of the reasons that God is using this is so that you and I as believers in Jesus never go back to normal. Christianity was never supposed to be normal. Matter of fact, in the book of Acts, which I've been going through, there's this phrase where it says that Paul did unusual miracles. And it really stands out to me that they would have to create a category for the miracles Paul was doing and call them unusual. Why would they have to call Paul's miracles unusual? because miracles were usual. And I am believing that in our church, there's gonna be miracles that are usual, and then there's gonna be unusual miracles, unusual favor, unusual blessing, unusual hope, unusual peace. How in the world could these people have peace during a time like this? It's gonna be unusual. So my prayer is not that we go back to normal, or not that we discover a new normal, but that things would never be the same and no eye has seen and no ear has heard what the Lord wants to do for those who love him. And so shaken, not stirred is going to be a blueprint, if you will, for where God is taking us. God had talked to, spoken to a prophet by the name of Haggai. And he tells Haggai, hey, I, I'm going to, I need you to say a word and encourage some leaders. One of those leaders was Zerubbabel. Come on, awesome name. Another leader was Joshua, the high priest. And then the remnant of God's people, the people that were left over after the exile. And God raised Haggai up to speak to them because as they were trying to find the new normal, they, they, they descended upon uh, what once was Jerusalem and they found Jerusalem in ruins, completely destroyed. All their homes were destroyed. And so they were discouraged. And I think it's important that sometimes if we're not careful, we grieve the ruins so much we don't have the faith to rebuild. I, I'm gonna say that again. Sometimes we are so grieved by the ruins, we don't have the faith to rebuild. And I get it. 
rebuilding is tough because if God is so good, then why did he allow for it to be ruined? Some of us, we just got momentum. We just found a job in 2019. Some of us, we applied for a job and they there's somebody out there, you applied for the job, they told you you had the job and then the pandemic hit and they had to hold off on hiring you. Why would God allow me to see devastating ruins if all he was gonna do is help me rebuild? This is the situation that they were in. And so no wonder Haggai had to encourage Joshua the high priest. No wonder Haggai had to re, uh, encourage Zerubbabel. Matter of fact, Zerubbabel wouldn't have been his real name. That's a Babylonian name. We don't know what his Israelite name was, but we do know that it was commonplace for slave masters, as you may know, to change the names of their slaves. So we know that Zerubbabel is a Babylonian name. So how could God be calling Zerubbabel to rebuild when every time someone called his name, he was reminded of where he came from while trying to be focused on where God's taking him? You can see the dilemma that they were in. And so we pick up where Haggai is telling them, you guys went back to your house and you got so focused on building your house luxuriously. You wanted to make sure that your, your room was all done up. You wanted to make sure that your cars were right. They didn't have cars back then, but you get where I'm going. Haggai's giving them the word. Your focus has been about you and what's going on in your house. And I get it. You've lost some stuff. But what about God's house? And, and Haggai tells them, hey, don't spend so much time. And I'm paraphrasing, but you got to read it. Don't spend so much time rebuilding all of your stuff. God's got that. You got to help God's house. In our context, God's house, God's temple is not a building. It's each other. And so if Haggai was here, he would be encouraging you and I, when this is all said and done, you don't have to be so focused on how you're going to get all your stuff back. God's got you. How are we going to rebuild the people, the hurting people, the broken people? What are we going to do to rebuild God's church? Not the building, God's people. And so this was the message that Haggai spoke to the people, to Zerubbabel and to Joshua, the high priest. And we pick up in Haggai chapter 1 verses 12 through, first, uh, through 15 to hear their response. It says, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the words of, the Haggai, of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. If you're watching a couple of weeks, that word fear just means reverence, awe, and respect. Verse 13 says, Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. Listen to this. I am with you, declares the Lord. Don't think just because you're trying to search for the new normal that I'm not with you. I am with you, declares the Lord. And I want you to watch this word. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtel, governor of Judah, and he stirred up the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, and he stirred up the people. He stirred up their spirits and they came and they worked on the house of the Lord of the hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the month in the sixth month in the second year of Darius the king. He stirred up the leadership and he stirred up the people. This is profoundly important. I say profoundly a lot, by the way, because it's true. It is profoundly imp important that you are stirred up. 
You know, Jesus said in John chapter seven, that when we put our faith in him and we believe that rivers of living water will flow out of, the, of us who believe, and the Bible says in John chapter 7, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. This is not a time for stagnant spiritual water. Matter of fact, stagnant water is the perfect breeding ground for disease. So we cannot be praying for the end of this COVID-19 with stagnant spiritual water. We have to be stirred in prayer, stirred with peace, stirred with hope, stirred with the gifts of the Spirit so that we can do all that God has called us to do. The Bible says the Lord stirred the spirits of the people, the spirits of the leadership. And if he had to stir them, that means they were stagnant. I know you are stuck, but you are not stagnant. Woo, type that in the, in the chat in YouTube. Type, type it on the website. Say, I might be stuck, but I'm not stagnant. See, when they said a stay-at-home order, that wasn't a stagnant at-home order. You can still pray. You can still believe. You can still prophesy. You can still be with the Lord. You can still love people. You can still love your neighbor. Come on, put it right now. Just yell out right where you are. I might be stuck, but I'm not stagnant. Jesus said rivers of living water would flow from those who believe. And God was met with a people who had become stagnant. So he stirred up their spirits. This is what I'm praying for you right now, that right where you at, you're at, the spirit of the Lord is stirring something on the inside of you that's gone stagnant. He's stirring your devotion. He's stirring your discipline. He's stirring hope. Because stagnant water is not a place where we can, where we can see life. It says he stirred the spirits of the people. I want you to ask yourself this honest question after tonight. Am I, has something gone stagnant? And if it has, Lord, stir it up. Stir my faith. Stir my hope. Stir my purpose and my calling and the gifts that you have given me. It says the Lord stirred the people. And then if you read the beginning of Haggai chapter 2 verses 1 through 9, it says in the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet again. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, to all the remnant of the people and say this, who is left among you that saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of, her, of hosts. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, God is reminding them of what he did thousands of years ago. Sometimes in order to have the courage to move forward, you have to allow the Lord to remind you of what he did a long time ago because he'll do it again. And it says, my spirit remains in your midst. The job might be gone and I'm hurting with you. Somebody's health might not be great. I'm, I'm hurting with you, I'm believing with you. But the Lord says, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not for thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens 
and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And listen to this part. And I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory. And then he reminds them in verse 8, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. Before I read verse 9, you have to understand how important this is. Because some of y'all are stuck at home and you say, as soon as quarantine's over, I'm trying to get paid. Wait, wait, wait. That's what Haggai told them about before. You're focused on the wrong thing. You're focused on trying to get back to normal. You're focused on a new normal. God doesn't need you to focus on how you're supposed to get everything back. That's his job. Restoration has always been God's job. Redemption has always been God's job. He's saying, will you focus on my house? Will you focus on my people? Will you focus on your neighbor? Will you focus on your family? Because I will restore all those things. He reminds them, everything you're trying to rebuild, I'm in charge of. He says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. You don't need to worry about that. And he says, the reason why you don't need to worry about that is he's going to shake the nations. What does that mean? He's shaking things up right now. Why do you think this message is called shaken but not stirred? Because if during a time like this, we are stagnant. We are a part of what God is shaking. God wants to shake you up to wake you up. I have to, can I walk off camera and come back? Can I, I don't want the camera to come out of focus, but I feel like taking a lap. I said that God wants to shake you up to wake you up. The shaking is producing the stirring. And if you would allow God to stir everything he put in you, those gifts that long, somebody's a stand-up comedian and you had one person tell you that you weren't funny and you gave up. God wants to stir everything in you so that you would not be shaken, but stirred. God's people don't have to be shaken because even the shaking can produce a stirring. So he's trying to tell them, don't worry about the things that I shook. Don't worry about the gold. Don't worry about the silver. They're mine. I have the authority to give them back to you in perfect timing, right when you need it. Focus on what I'm trying to do. And that is increase the glory in and around and on God's people. He says the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former. And in this place, I will give peace. What does that mean? That means that Haggai was having to talk to them because they were busy rebuilding what they lost. They were busy trying to go back to normal. And God is saying, not only are you not going back to normal, but I'm going to bring greater glory. When I'm done blessing you, if you walk with me and following me during this time, when I'm done blessing you, you would never even wanna go back to what you had because the greater glory, come on somebody, I feel this word so strong, babe. I wish you could amen. I said the greater glory, there's a greater glory. He said, the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former. If you're 
an unbeliever, you might be saying, what is he talking about? What is glory? Glory can be translated the full goodness of God. You will see the full goodness of God in greater measure. How will you do this? If you allow God to stir some things, but you also allow God to shake some things. We don't want to be shaken, but not stirred. We don't want that. Because honestly, there's some things that in the shaking that are going to fall in place for you. There's going to be some things. There's people out there like this thing doesn't quite fit with this thing. And where do I fit here? And in this shaking, when it settles, it's going to fit in place. I kind of see it like um, the way that I see it right now would be imagine a house where the, the paintings are crooked and, and things are twisted and there's a great earthquake. And, and usually things are perfectly in place and the shaking disturbs everything. This shaking is that things were out of place. Things were out of order. Things came before God. We have too many idols throughout the world. And the shaking is not putting things out of place. It's putting things in place. Even you, you have a purpose and you have a place in God's family. And I know the shaking is difficult, but the stirring will be worth it.